Ever struggled with what you should actually be emailing to your email subscribers? If so, then you're not alone. Judging by the contents of my email inbox from different businesses, there's a whole lot of confusion about what you should actually be sending out to your email subscribers. So maybe you've noticed that you're not getting much interaction with your emails, you're wondering what other things you could be sending people, or maybe you've got your email list but you hardly ever email people because it just never really feels like the right time and you don't know what to do, you don't want to upset people by pitching them and all that type of stuff. Well in this podcast episode we're going to get you sorted. We're going to go through some different strategies that you can use to email your email list to sell them by stealth. And by that we mean all of these things that we're going to be looking at, all of these different types of email that you can send out are designed to pitch and position your business to sell. Whether you're selling products or services, whether you're B2B, B2C, doesn't matter, okay? The principles are exactly the same because we're talking about what gets people to their goals. Let's do this. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency. We do email marketing as well as SEO, content marketing, pay-per-click, social media, web development, conversion rate optimization for our clients. And in this episode, we're talking about what to send your email subscribers. Now, there's a whole lot of confusion. As we said, loads and loads of heavily promotional, garbage, pointless email being sent out by businesses every day and there's absolutely no reason for it. There's a misconception that if you're gonna sell through your email marketing, it has to feel really pitchy and really low value. And it's completely untrue. So in this podcast episode, we're going to talk through some different strategies that you can use to sell without feeling pitchy and without turning your email subscribers off, which is really important because if people stop reading your emails, they're less likely to see your emails in future as their email platforms are learning about their behavior and their choices about which emails they read. Here's the truth. Not everyone in your email list is ready to buy when you are ready to sell. So the goal of our email list is to create what we call an indoctrination sequence. So an indoctrination sequence is an automatic sequence of emails that goes out to people when they arrive into your email marketing database, which basically takes them through a process. So people start at curiosity that, you know, they're aware that there are some solutions to their problems out there. Then they move into the research phase. So here they're actively kind of looking at different options and trying to weigh out which is the best for them. Then they move into the intent phase, which is when they're ready to buy. So in your inside your email database, you're going to have people at each of these different stages. And what we need to do with your email is basically create a way to move these people along the conveyor belt automatically towards buying from you. So that's exactly what these strategies are designed to do. So what's the first thing that we can send out? Well, case studies. Now, before you think case studies, I've heard of case studies, great, got it. Let me help. (laughs) Now, before you dismiss case studies as yeah, great, heard of it. Let's move on, Tim. Let me just explain how case studies are normally used by businesses and why this is a complete waste of time. I'm looking at a website here from a business that's totally unrelated to Exposure Ninja. Don't know anything about them at all. They're called ICT Partnerships. Sorry, team. You just happen to be on my radar that particular day. And the case study starts like this. Case study one. 
commercial client. This is on their website under the case studies tab. Uh, and ICT partnerships on their website underneath the case studies tab, we see some case studies. Now the first case study starts like this. Case study one, commercial client. We have been working with this particular client since 2005, during which time they've grown from a very small company with less than 10 staff in total to an award-winning property maintenance company with approximately 50 office-based staff plus 60 on-call engineers. Right, let me stop you there. Who cares? Not you, I'm guessing. And I actually need to stop there, otherwise the retention for this podcast is going to fall off a cliff. This is so, so boring. Loads of stuff going wrong here. Firstly, we're in the depths of telling a story and it's, you know, there's lots of information here that is just not relevant to anybody other than um, a, a property maintenance company that wants to grow from 10 staff to 50 staff, right? Anybody other than that doesn't really care about this history unless there's a business that wants to do exactly what this company has done. They just don't care. So firstly, we need to generalize the case study a little bit more. The second problem with this is the title. Case study one, commercial client. Well, if I'm not a commercial business, I'm immediately seeing this and saying, well, that's just not relevant to me. Well, the reality is, there's probably loads in this case study that is massively relevant to me if I'm not a commercial client, but because of the title, I'm immediately switched off. But the third problem is it's just so boring and there's been no attempt to make this interesting. Before I give you the solution, by the way, here's another one from a completely different business. I don't even know which business this is from. Uh, but the case study starts, Arundine MFG is a metal trading house company forming part of MFG Metals Group. They provide metals and materials for consumption in primary and secondary industries. The challenge. Arundine first contacted uh, this business a number of years ago when they encountered many problems with their IT systems and required expert technical support as well as new computer equipment. Right, again, let me stop you there. Super, super boring. So this case study starts off by talking about the detailed history and what the business involved in the case study does. Nobody cares, completely irrelevant. When people are reading your case studies, all they want to know is what's in it for me? Why is it relevant to me? So here's how to position your case studies so they're actually interesting so you can use them in your email marketing. As you know, to Exposure we're a big fan of making marketing fun. Here's how we position some of our case studies. The headline says, want to see behind the scenes of four game-changing SEO campaigns. One website went from $500 a week in sales to $232,000 a week. Another went from 35 leads per month to over 100 per day. A brand new business dominated its competition online within four months. So we've got three case studies there presented in a webinar called See Behind the Scenes of Four Game-Changing SEO Campaigns. If you're thinking that you want to do some SEO for your business, that is way more interesting than case study one, e-commerce, case study two, lead generation, case study three, software. We're talking about the results that these businesses got. One website went from $500 a week in sales to $232,000 a week. That's interesting. That's exciting. That's the result that people want. And that's the result that we as marketers are selling to our clients. That's what we want to do for our clients over the course of the years that we work with them. So this is a complete shift. It's a total shift in how you position case studies from case study one commercial client to how to X. So what we're really doing with our case studies is we're helping our audience get to their goals. Here's how you want to X, right? We're just about to move house and we've been looking at buying a garden room, like a building in the garden um, to put some workout equipment to make a home gym. There's two different ways that garden room businesses could position their case studies to someone like me. 
Number one, which is the way that they all do it, is case study one, Leatherhead Surrey, right? Boring. I, I don't live in Leatherhead. I don't care about that necessarily. It's meaningless to me. Here will be a better way of positioning it. How to have an awesome home gym in your garden. That's interesting. That's the thing I'm into. Now, of course, it's still going to be a case study. It's going to be a case study for their garden rooms, but they're selling the benefit. They're selling the result. So it's going to be much more engaging. And that's the sort of thing that they could put on YouTube and it would get loads of views from people searching for those types of things. So it's a way of turning your case studies from this boring, overtly salesy, piece of garbage that no one cares about to something which is interesting and is more likely to get people engaged and watching and excited about it. Another consideration with your case studies when you're sending them out through your email marketing is to consider mixing up the formats. So for example, webinars, videos, written, maybe you have interviews with your clients or your customers, you might want to turn them into podcasts. So there's loads of different formats you can use. And it's a good idea to use different formats because not everyone is going to be excited by the same format. Not everyone loves video, not everyone loves audio. So by using your case studies in different formats, you've got more chance of it resonating with your audience. So here's a quick exercise that you can do to work out the first three emails that you're going to put into your email indoctrination sequence. We want three case studies. Plan out three case studies from your business. This can be with customers or clients that you've worked with in the past. What was that person or that business's situation before they started working with you or buying your thing? What did they really want to do? What was their pain? What was the solution that they needed solving? How did you help them? What was the solution that you gave them? Now make this brief. People don't want to know the nitty gritty. They don't want to know all the technical details most of the time. What they're really here for is how did they get the result? And then what was that result? And in particular, if you can get the impact of that result, so let's say that, you know, the ultimate for the garden room example would be, oh, and here's, you know, Barry who had his amazing home gym garden room installed by us and Barry's absolutely loving it. Oh, by the way, he's now 3% body fat and 200 kilos because of his amazing garden room that we built, right? So sell the result and make sure your case studies are interesting and entertaining. Another type of content that you can send out in your email is objection handling. Now, every business has objection other than Booja Booja chocolates, where there can be absolutely no viable objection to eating the delicious chocolate within. Not sponsored, but Booja hit me up. Every other business has valid objections, reasons that people don't do business with you, don't buy your product or service. And you can handle these objections through your emails. There's a few different ways of doing this. Firstly, you can actually handle them using case studies. So for example, example, Barry, who had the home gym, was really nervous before getting his home gym because he thought, well, what if it requires planning permission? Well, it turns out that it didn't because blah, 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 blah. So that's one way of handling it, actually through stories of case studies in the email copy itself. Another way of handling objections is just simply to use the objection in the email. So let's say, for example, that you're selling garden rooms. Well, the email that you might send out is, do garden rooms require planning permission? knowing that this is a potential objection that people might have. And then you just write your opinion. Did you know that most garden rooms don't require planning permission because blah, blah, blah. So you can either tie it into a case study and find someone who had that objection, or you can just answer that objection as you would in a sales call. Either way, it doesn't really feel particularly pitchy because you're actually helping people get over a problem that they've had. So quick exercise, what are the three top objections you or your sales team faces when selling your product? And how could you work these into your case studies or create emails which answer those objections directly? 
before we go into the final type of content that you can be sending out to sell without ever feeling like you're selling, I just wanted to invite you to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. If you have already subscribed to the podcast and you enjoy it, please do consider leaving us a review. They mean the world. Literally, we post them up in Slack and we go, yay, when we get a new review. So if you want us to all go, yay, about your review, then please post something lovely in whatever podcast platform you're using. We will really appreciate it. And don't forget, you can also check out the video versions of these podcasts on the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel. It's going off on there. If you go to YouTube and just search Exposure Ninja, you'll find our smiling faces. All right, the final way to sell without overtly selling in your email marketing is to send out tutorials and guides that you've written. So we're going to talk through some examples here. These can either be hosted on your website or if you've been featured on another website, maybe interviewed in a trade publication, for example, then you might want to send out this content to your email subscribers because it boosts your credibility. But little tip, what you don't want to do is say, hey, I was just interviewed in manufacturing today because that's boring. Nobody cares. What you would do instead is say the future of manufacturing. I was just interviewed in manufacturing manufacturing today where I spoke about the future of manufacturing. So, you know, whatever. So you'd find a way of pitching it, you'd find a way of making it relevant to your target audience. But it's also a good idea to send out tutorials and guides that you've written on your own website. A couple of businesses that do a great, great job of this. Firstly, Digital Marketer. So there's an email here from Digital Marketer and it says, open this if you're not running paid ads. The email is then all about paid ads and why some businesses choose to run them. At the bottom, there's a call to action that says, read. When should you start your paid traffic campaign? This links through to a guide on the Digital Marketer website called When Should You Start Your Paid Traffic Campaign? When you have a look through the tutorial on their website, the first thing that you notice is literally in the second sentence that the article starts, not sure where to get started on your own Facebook ads, download our newly updated ultimate Facebook ad template library for free. You click on this, you're going to get an email opt-in, which then invites you to download this ad library. So we've got three steps. We've got the email sent to people who are not running paid ads. We've got the tutorial guide hosted on their website. And then we've got this call to action where you can download the free ad library. Why are they doing this? What's the point? Well, there's a couple of things going on. Firstly, they're trying to help. They're helping because it establishes credibility. So they're helping you by giving you useful information on their website to build that relationship to increase the likelihood that you'll convert. Remember, think about the conveyor belt. You might not be ready to buy from them now, but if they continue to give you information, they continue to help you, then when you are ready to buy, they're going to be top of mind. But the next thing that they're doing is they're actually segmenting you because when you click to download the template library, you're telling them that you're interested in that topic. So what happens then? You go into their launch sequence to sell you more training on that topic because they've identified that you're interested in something. So this is a great way of covertly selling. They're sending you an email, which is all about, hey, here's a guide on how to tell this. You go onto the page, they give you that information, which is great, and you can just read that and go, or you can download the library if you're really hot, and then they're going to put you in a segmented list, which then targets you with that specific product. So it's a really clever way of selling without appearing to sell just by identifying what people are interested in and giving them a promotion that's relevant to the stage of their journey that they're at. Another example, great business to follow if you're into this sort of stuff, is Survival Life. Survival Life is a content site uh, designed for survivalists, so people who are, you know, typically Americans who are worried that there's going to be some sort of massive disruption and that 
that they need to prepare for any eventuality. And Survival Life is, uh, or at least was, run by a guy called Perry Belcher, fantastic marketer worth following, and um, their content is amazing. So the Survival Life email I'm looking at here, and by the way, you can go onto our YouTube channel if you want to see the video of this, uh, but the Survival Life email says, Dear Survivalist, have you ever wondered how people make paracord bracelets like this? And then it shows a picture of this paracord bracelet. Well, click here to see what you need. You click on that link, you then go through to the Survival Life website, which gives you a tutorial on how to build these paracord bracelets. And guess what? You buy the component parts from survival life. So it doesn't feel pitchy because they're showing you how to do something, they're giving you free information. But if you want to take the next step, you can do, and then they've got a quick little kit that you can buy to make them. So it's a genius way of selling without selling. Now we do a similar thing at Exposure Ninja. People who are signed up to our list get an email that says, are you confused by Google Analytics? Well, here's a process that you can follow to give yourself a five-step Google Analytics MOT. And then I've just recorded a video course showing them how to use Google Analytics. Now, we just wanna be helpful. We actually just wanna help people understand Google Analytics because that's a really important skill for any marketing manager. But there is also a self-serving piece in there as well in that once people see how their websites are performing, they're much more able to determine that they need digital marketing help. And of course, if we've been the ones to help them through that process, then when they come to look for digital marketing help, we're going to be top of mind and we can include calls to action in that video series about, hey, if you're seeing something here that doesn't look right, then contact us. We might be able to help you. So my challenge for you is to think through three guides or tutorials that you have written or could write, which would help your audience get closer to their goals. The key there is get closer to their goals. If you're thinking of writing a guide, like how to buy garden rooms from us, don't do it. There's pointless. It has to be about the audience, where they're at now, where their goals are and how can we move them along that journey, right? Think of the conveyor belt. The final thing that you can send to your email list without appearing to be salesy, but that actually positions you very well is interviews. Few different types of interviews. You can have interviews with your successful customers. This gives them a great platform to demonstrate their expertise and also provides a bit of aspiration for people who are potential customers of yours who want to be in the same position as these people. You can also have interviews with industry leaders and thought leaders and people that are well known in the space. Now this gives you a kind of credibility halo effect, right? It's the reason that Grant Cardone gets Snoop Dogg on his 10x exhibition thingy because there's a halo of celebrity that that kind of washes over him and builds up his profile. So by running interviews with industry thought leaders, you position yourself also as a thought leader to your email subscribers. So this is a great way of positioning yourself. Now these can be video, they can be audio, they can be written, whatever. And obviously you'd want to vary them to suit the different formats that people might want to consume your information. But they're a really useful source of third-party proof. So here's your quick exercise. Who are three customers or contacts that you could interview that your audience would like to hear from. Get them in your email sequence as well. So by now, you've actually got nine different emails which you can send out to your email list. That was a lot of stuff. So I hope you've been taking notes. Uh, like I say, you can go and check out the video version of this podcast on the Exposure Ninja channel if you need to. Um, but I really hope that you've enjoyed this. Now, don't forget, email marketing is something that we do for clients and we can help you build your email sequences, implement them, and then manage them ongoing. So if you're interested in working with us on email marketing or on any other form of digital marketing from improving your website's conversion rate to driving more traffic through SEO, PPC, social media, and content marketing, then you can request a free digital 
digital marketing review and plan from the Exposure Ninja website. All you need to do is go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. We'll ask you a bit of information about your business, about your digital marketing that you're doing at the moment and your goals. And we will then conduct a review of your digital marketing currently, identifying any areas that we might be able to help you take things to the next level. If we think that we'd be a good fit, we'll let you know. If we don't, We'll also let you know. Don't worry, this is not a hardcore sales tool. So go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review if you're interested in working with Exposure Ninja or finding out a little bit more about how we operate and request your free website and digital marketing review today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week.